As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 49ers played some ferocious defense with the money down against the New Orleans Saints. They win 13-0. It's their first full game shutout since 2019 in the mud at Washington. And it is the 49ers' fourth consecutive second-half shutout. That's only been done eight times since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. And guys, uh, this one, this one was was fun to watch just because the 49ers, I thought, were clearly tired. They're playing on a short week. Some of the players in the locker room talked about that altitude, obviously, in Colorado Springs and Mexico City. So they were at a unavoidable physical disadvantage. That kind of stuff usually hurts the defense. And we did see the Saints surprisingly, I thought, you know, hold off the really the, the tidal wave of the 49ers pass rush for a lot of this game. The 49ers only had one sack. We also saw the Saints defensive line, I thought, beat the 49ers offensive line for much of this game. But when push came to shove, that 49ers defense made some awesome plays at the goal line. I mean, in really dramatic fashion. And they just, you know, would not take no for an answer. They, they, they wanted that second half shutout and that first shutout of this 2022 season over a full game. And they got it. And Matt, uh, the, the crazy stat here is it was the first time in 332 games that the Saints had been shut out. That dates back to the final regular season game of the 2001 season against the 49ers of all teams. And that was way before Drew Brees was the QB of the Saints. Aaron Brooks was their quarterback that year. So 332 games of the Saints franchise. I know they no longer have Drew Brees, uh, but they had been scoring some points this year. They hadn't been terrible offensively. And the 49ers, even though they were tired, even though they were cut off that short week, were able to stonewall them, at least keep that end zone sealed on Sunday. Yeah, just very impressive. I mean, I, I think when we look back on this season, I don't know if this game is going to be one that people immediately think about because it was such a, a blah game offensively for the 49ers and only scored one touchdown. But I think it's a really important game. Um, to, going back to what you said, uh, they, they were tired or, or they, they looked disjointed. And, and that's how they usually look after a week away from Santa Clara. 
And the game was really reminding me of that 2019 game against the Falcons, uh, where the, the 49ers were winning. They were winning at halftime. They, they got a lead early in the fourth quarter, but they never really knocked the Falcons out of the game. And then they just got pooped out by the end of it. And uh, the Falcons, uh, of course, ended up winning. It was the big Julio Jones game. Matt Ryan had a, had a big game. Well, this time, the 49ers defense um, said that's not going to happen. And they made huge plays. It, just, it just um, showed me, Dennis, a lot of mental fortitude. And I thought uh, Fred Warner, as he usually does, was leading the way. Nick Bosa, as he usually does at key moments, makes a big play. And then Talano Hufanga, um, who really, I mean, I, I don't know who's going to make the Pro Bowl at safety this year, but Hufanga deserves um, a lot of attention because he keeps making plays and big plays. You know, touchdowns for interceptions for touchdowns, forced fumbles. And uh, he looked like a missile coming in on that hit on Alvin Kamara in the uh, in the fourth quarter, and that's what really kind of uh, stemmed the tide. I mean, I thought that the Saints had a really good chance of taking over momentum, biting into that lead, and then it would have been a real dogfight in the fourth quarter. This time, it's uh, it's a blowout, not a blowout, a shutout, and uh, what ends up being a comfortable win. Yeah, and, and don't, don't let anybody tell you that defense doesn't win championships. And and you see a championship uh, defense tonight at uh, Levi's Stadium. And, you know, to pitch a shutout, I think this is week number, what, four that this team has pitched a shutout. And, you know, as a defensive player, you know, we were always taught keep a, keep a team under 10 points and you win football games. Uh, and, you know, this 49er defense is keeping opponents, opponents to zero points. So, you know, they're going to win football games. And, you know, we, we talk about the Saints. They're disjointed a little bit. They're trying to find their way. But they got a good defense. And you saw tonight, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was getting harassed. He took some shots tonight. Uh, the offensive line was very leaky tonight. But this is a good defense. Uh, you know, they, they, they established a little bit of a run game. But, uh, you know, this defense was swarming, the, the Saints defense. So, you know, your defense comes in uh, and they're backed against the wall. And and the Saints, the reason why the Saints are what the Saints are is because they make a lot of mistakes. And that's what they did. They, they missed a lot of miss, a lot of opportunities to put points on the board. They missed a field goal. And that's what the Saints are. But that what, what the 49ers are great about and they're getting so much better back uh, about is getting those takeaways. And the Saints give away the ball more than anybody in the NFL. And that's what they did tonight. And, 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 the, and the 49ers were able to capitalize on it. But on offense, I thought it was kind of ugly on offense. You know, it was, it was you know, Jawan Jennings made that catch in the end zone. That was the only touchdown. And it was a great play by him. And, but it was a great defensive play, too. It was just great concentration by Jennings. But, you know, this was a good defense. Uh, the challenge is going to come next week. This is a game I think the 49ers really needed to win. I think it's super important. Seattle loses. Now you're in first place. Uh, but you got a challenge coming this week. And, and you know, you do definitely have, you know, you, you, you determine your own your own destination. So, you know, you, you win every game. You play every game. But you got to play better next week on offense if you want to come out, you know, beating the, beating the Dolphins who are playing really well. And then it's the, the injuries. And in a shocking twist, Running backs get hurt at the San Francisco 49ers. So you have to figure out this week how you're going to come back, how you're going to bounce back. But thank God for defense and dominating defense. Well, the 49ers moved to 7-4. and four. Seattle lost to the Raiders, so now the 49ers have a clean game 
ahead of the Seahawks. They already had the tiebreaker, so they were already technically in first place, but now it, it looks even better. On the standing sheet with the Dolphins, as Dennis said, coming to town, followed by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, a team that lost today that probably will be desperate when they come to Levi Stadium. And then there's a short week turnaround to play the Seahawks on Thursday night, followed by a game against Washington. So December is going to be tough because Washington won today. They're, they don't look like a bad football team anymore. And I think it was really important that the 49ers took care of this game against the Saints, which was kind of sandwiched in there uh, in between everything coming on that short week. And, and they definitely got it done with the Dolphins looming. And the Dolphins, you know, what a test this is. Good timing for it as well. This 49ers defense, they've been on this run for four games now. So that dates back to the embarrassment of the Kansas City game where they couldn't stop a nosebleed, right? Kansas City just moved the ball up and down the field against this defense. A penalty is the only thing that stopped them, I believe, from seven consecutive touchdown drives. It was a penalty that called one back at the end of the first half. And the 49ers, quite simply, were outclassed defensively. Uh, by the best offense in the NFL in, in that game. And the 49ers had several reasons to put an asterisk by that performance. They had players who didn't practice all week because of injuries. They were coming off of some stuff. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes can magnify those kinds of weaknesses. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, you have to prove that games like that were an aberration. And the 49ers over the past four weeks have done a lot to prove that was an aberration by shutting out their opponents in the second half and then by shutting out uh, this Saints team entirely. But, Matt, next week... They have a chance to, to, I think, really go forward and prove that that was an aberration because they're playing an elite offense. They're playing the number two offense in Miami. So number one was the Chiefs. Didn't go well for the 49ers. Number two offense with Mike McDaniel, Tua, all those guys coming in. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, they had some choice words for the 49ers this week. All those guys coming in, and it's a chance for the 49ers to really bookend uh, you know, the disaster in against Kansas City with, with a good performance against an elite offense next Sunday with all these four great games that the defense has played in the second half sandwiched in between. Yeah, we were already circling this game about a month ago, uh, especially after the uh, the McCaffrey trade, which uh, triggered the, the Jeff Wilson trade to Miami. And um, even more so this week, uh, because the, the 49ers suddenly have two injuries at, at running back. Uh, everybody knows that Elijah Mitchell left with an MCL sprain. Uh, I think the upshot there was that it's, uh, it's the same injury that he suffered in week one, but it's to the other knee. And uh, Mitchell was saying at his locker that it's not as severe. So they're not expecting the uh, the eight weeks that uh, his initial one did. But still, um, pro- probably likely that he doesn't play against the Dolphins. And then the other part, I don't know if Dennis knows about this, is that McCaffrey was dealing with what Shanahan described as near knee irritation. Uh, and uh, no one knows quite what that means and whether that's going to affect him during the week or for the game, but it means that the 49ers all of a sudden are going to have to dig into their running back depth. And uh, one of the guys uh, showed up in the, in the fourth quarter, Jordan Mason, the undrafted rookie. I thought he ran the ball really well um, at a point in the game where everybody knew that the 49ers were going to try to run and salt away the clock and had a nice nine yard gain. And I think the 49ers uh, picked up five first downs on that last drive and they salted away the last, say, six and a half minutes of it. And most of that was uh, was Mason. Mason was splitting with McCaffrey at that point. 
And then uh, they, they, they could also call on uh, Ty Davis-Price, who we haven't seen a lot of at all this year. Um, but uh, Shanahan continues to speak very highly of him. Uh, so uh, th- that'll be the nice contrast between perhaps Raheem Mostert, who was uh, injured for today's game in Miami, and uh, Jeff Wilson. And uh, I'm sure both of those guys are going to be looking for a little bit of uh, payback, revenge, uh, whatever you want to call it, against their former team. Yeah. And, you know, you look now, Jeff Wilson, you know, you, you talk about him, what he did with the 49ers. He goes on to, to um, Miami. I think he had a, he had a touchdown today. He's 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 kind of gelled into that that scheme that is is very familiar to him. And he's playing really well. And he comes back to a team and, and Elijah Mitchell's hurt. So it's kind of ironic. But you know he's he, he's a guy that that ran hard for Kyle Shanahan and, and and he runs his scheme really well. So it's going to be a challenge, like I said, coming up next week. But these are this is another game you have an opportunity to gain some ground. I mean you're you're at home the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know your defense is playing lights out, uh, and, and then offense. You know you just got to figure it out again. I mean today you know it, it was definitely a setback from in Mexico where it looked like you know you couldn't you couldn't stop this offense, and then today. You saw a lot of hiccups. You saw you saw a lot of penalties. Uh, you saw some some overthrown balls. You saw Jimmy Garoppolo miss McCaffrey wide open down the sidelines. And those are passes you just you just got to make. And you know you see a, a touchdown callback from a from George Kittle hold, which I didn't think was really a hold. But then you make it up with with Jawan Jennings. So I mean you have to figure it out again. We'll say it. There's there's so many weapons uh, offensively for this team. I mean. Uh, 13 points is is, is kind of underachieving. I mean, this team should be scoring 30 points every game. But, you know, you still get a W. Um, you know, you, you, you can fix some of the mistakes um, and get yourself ready. I mean, you know, Mexico, whatever, you know, get that out your system. Uh, you know, short week, whatever, Colorado, all that stuff. Uh, you know, now this, these are important games. All these games become very important. Now you got you almost got two games up on Seattle. Uh, they got a tough, tough schedule ahead of them. But you still you take care of your own business and win your football games. Well, I thought that the 49ers offensive line was just giving up a ton of pressure. The, the Saints today, they, I mean, they, they've got some players, Cam Jordan, David Onyemata up on that uh, at that defensive tackle spot. He actually led the Saints out. It was interesting to me. I always go and check out the tunnel when the visiting team comes out before the game. And it was Onyemata that was in the position of quarterbacks on other teams. So I, I was like, wow, a defensive tackle leading the Saints out of the tunnel. And, you know, the, they played like it during the game. They, they, that defense front for the Saints caused the 49ers so much trouble rushing only four sometimes only three dropping a lot of players in coverage and when the 49ers didn't win that battle up front it it caused them a whole lot of trouble offensively I thought Garoppolo hung in there and made a lot of throws today some important third down conversions and most importantly didn't turn the ball over there was an interception but it happened because there was a a illegal contact penalty against Ray Ray McLeod who was the intended receiver but Garoppolo was uh, so that was nullified uh, by the penalty. Garoppolo's 26 of 37 for 222 yards, a touchdown, uh, no turnovers. That obviously was really important in a game that was kind of a tractor pull going back and forth, right? Uh, the one big miss, Dennis mentioned it, was was when he had McCaffrey on that wheel route down the sideline and, and Garoppolo sailed it over his head uh, a little bit too far. If the 49ers hit that play earlier in this game, uh, maybe they have an easier time. But hey, they still won this game by two scores. And yes, I get it. It was because of a, a 
of the defense. But uh, I, Matt, I always look at you know the two like bedrock formulas of a team that could go far. And I, I say good quarterback play and good defensive play. And the 49ers today got really, really good defensive play, a great defensive play. Anytime you shut somebody out, I think it qualifies as great, no matter how, no matter how many yards you give up. And, and if we look at the, the QB play under a bigger microscope, Jimmy Garoppolo was fine today. Uh, if the 49ers block better up front, if they get that run game going a little bit better, th- that's how they get to 30 points, right? You have to have the whole operation working, but... Uh, uh, we're you know last year, especially after Garoppolo got hurt down the stretch, and then in 2020 and the years when he wasn't available, we're always pointing at the quarterback, right? We're always saying, "Oh God, the 49ers aren't getting enough out of that position." It's several straight weeks now that the 49ers are definitely getting enough out of that QB position, and I think for the team's long-term prospects this year, that's really important. You know that that if that variable remains taken care of, this 49ers team can go a long way. Yeah, and uh, four straight games without an interception. That's that's double. The, the length of uh, Garoppolo's previous interceptionless streak. And in games where, where he gets rattled, where he gets hit a lot, that's when the, the interceptions uh, usually have come. And he got hit in this game. Uh, the, the official score sheet says six. Uh, and some of them were, were uh, significant hits. Uh, I know Contavious Street, an ex-49er, got him at least twice. There was the... Uh, kind of nasty shot on Garoppolo's knee that Garoppolo was not happy about at all. Uh, he thought it was uh, gratuitous, uh, gratuitous, unnecessary, um, and uh, was, uh, you know, minding his uh, P's and Q's after the game, but you could tell that it still bothered him because, you know, a little slightly different angle, and that's, uh, that's a serious knee injury. And uh, he almost came out of this game because of it. So he's going to be quite sore um, on Monday and probably Tuesday as well. But the point is that he and the team as a whole, and there are a lot of examples of this, uh, uh, Jawan Jennings and uh, the, the list goes on and on, gritted their ways through it and got the W. And, and like I said, to, to start out with, uh, I don't know if that happens in previous years. Um, I know that probably doesn't happen if the, if the Saints – uh, have any semblance of their their previous offenses that they had? You know, I don't know five ten years ago. Um, uh, the Forty ers were helped out there, but the fact of the matter is that uh, they won this game. And uh, Dennis, uh, some some good news, uh, perhaps coming down the pike. We saw Eric Armstead return to practice on Friday of uh, of last week, and and Nick Bosa even mentioned the prospect of of having. Um, uh, Armstead back next to him in the uh, in the defensive line rotation, which uh, ostensibly w- is going to lead to fewer double teams, fewer uh, um, you know tight ends uh, chipping on Nick Bosa, which he's had to deal with quite a bit, and uh, that's only going to kind of bolster the the 49ers' already very strong defense. Very easy to forget that uh, they've been without their two best interior players, basically for three quarters of the season now. Um, and they're still playing at this rate. So I, I think that deserves uh, to be uh, commended and, and recognized. Yeah. And, you know, these guys have, have really shown up. I mean, you know, we, we know what Nick Bosa gets. He gets he gets double team. He gets chipped. Uh, but he still comes out with 11 and a half sacks. So he's going to do what he does. And it's going to be up to other guys to kind of show up. Kevin Givens, Ridgeway. Uh, Drake Johnson, all those guys, they have to show up and they have. And um, I think D'Amico Ryan's is doing a really good job as far as 
running games with these guys on the other side of Nick Bosa. Uh, having them do some in and arounds, uh, some looping, some, you know, Fred Warner getting in on, on some of the blitz packaging. So, you know, they're being schemed really well and guys just have to understand, listen, Nick Bosa is going to be the attention drawer. I mean, you're going to game plan against him. You're going to slide your line to him and he's going to give you an opportunity to do something on the backside. So if this defensive line and, and, and they're still pretty deep, I mean, they're missing their two, two of their starters, but they're still pretty deep, especially, especially the interior. So, if they can continue to play like their plan, you can't say anything bad about the defense. You know, you, you got the best linebackers. Your secondary is playing fantastic. Young guys are are getting some good reps, but they're shutting people out four weeks in a row. I mean, you can't say anything bad about this defense. They are shutting people down, and that's hard to do in the NFL. So if they continue that streak, I mean, you're going to win the rest of your football games. It's that simple. You know, you see today, 13 points wins a football game if your defense gives up nothing. So... The defense is playing fantastic, and they're fun to watch. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, they're really fun to watch. And that Bosa sack that sealed the game, I mean, that was a great example of the best players show up in the biggest moments, right? It was fourth down. The Saints had just run uh, seven plays from the 49ers' 12-yard line or closer. So there was a penalty there that extended the situation for the Saints. And finally, the moment of truth came on that fourth down. 49ers needed to make a play. They hadn't delivered a sack yet all game, and Nick Bosa roared around the edge to to register it against Andy Dalton. 11 and a half sacks on the season now for Nick Bosa. 49ers have a superstar there. They have a superstar in Fred Warner. There was a drive that they killed earlier in the second half in the third quarter that I believe ended up in a missed field goal attempt from the Saints where D'Amico Ryans dialed up a perfect blitz again from Fred Warner. I feel that D'Amico dials up these blitzes in the first half kind of as probes. He's kind of probing out to see how the opposing offense will react and oftentimes those blitz don't fully hit in the first half and teams gain gain yardage but uh, without fail the past four games have seen D'Amico Ryan's dial up successful Fred Warner blitzes in the second half and you've got to think that he's keying on stuff that he notices with some of those test blitzes in the first half and when those Warner blitzes create either a sack or a pressure that gets the ball out quicker than it needs to get out and it's an inefficient play if that's dialed up at the right time it 
completely changes the flow of what's going on for the opposing offense. So as much as we're sitting here crediting the talent, and it and it's impressive, right? You have Bosa, you have Warner, you have Dre Greenlaw, another great game. Talano Hufanga flying around like a missile on the back end. Charvarius Ward hasn't missed a tackle yet all season. They've got great players, but the guy that you know that is stirring the drink here is D'Amico Ryan's and his adjustments in the second half over the past four games have been really something else. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever seen him as animated as he was after that Bosa sack. I mean, he was I think he recognized exactly what you said that uh, it was just a huge play by a uh, primetime player at the uh, most critical point of the game. And, and Bosa said afterwards that he wasn't sure whether that was going to count because he, he got such a good jump off the ball, off the snap, that uh, he was afraid that he was offsides. But uh, after reviewing it, he figured out that he wasn't. And that just kind of shows you what a, a student he is because he's he's been um, timing up the snap count all game and he got adjusted to how the Saints were doing it. And you give a big assist to the crowd there. They rose up got really loud at just the right time, and it forced the Saints to go to the silent count. And Bosa read it, and he knew exactly when the, the snap was coming. Uh, the Saints were doing the same hand motion every time, and um, he just beat his guy off the line. It was as simple as that. So that was a huge play. The, the play that I thought is, is going to end up being really underrated, and I, I know Dennis will appreciate it, was Hassan Ridgeway on the, on the uh, Greenlaw slash... Hufanga forced fumble, that ball gets popped into the air, and then Jimmy Ward tips it even higher. So everybody who is kind of converging on the play ends up running past the ball, which is going straight up into the air. And uh, Fred Warner said after the game it was like it was in slow motion. He couldn't do anything about it. Uh, The ball was just kind of floating over his head, and it looked for all the world as if it was going to fall right into the hands of Juwan Johnson, the, the Saints' tight end, and it would have led to a very lucky and uh, touchdown for the Saints, but a, a really deflating one for the 49ers because they had such a nice play to force that fumble. But Hassan Ridgeway comes barreling in. He's the heaviest player on defense, big guy. He's hustling to the ball. He hits uh, Juwan Johnson just as the ball is arriving, and it goes you know, spiraling again, and and Greenlaw, the guy who initiated the play, ends up falling on it. But uh, that's that's the type of play. I mean, if if uh, Ridgeway isn't running back there uh, to to make that hit, oh boy, like I, I keep saying, I can totally see this game going in a totally di- different direction from that point forth because all of a sudden the Saints are going to have a little bit of momentum, a little bit of hope. And uh, uh, because they lost that fumble, they, they just didn't. They didn't have anything from that point forward. Yeah, and that's just hustle, right? I mean, that's just effort to the ball, you know? And, and we're always taught to run out the stack. And that's exactly what he did. And, and when I saw that ball go up, I see Jimmy Ward jumping up. He gets his fingertips on it. He goes up even higher. Uh, and then it, it looked like it was going to fall right into uh, the Saints. It was going to be one of those fluke touchdowns. But... You know, Ridgeway coming out to stack, uh, he's able to make a difference on that play. And that's just that's just straight hustle. And that's the way, you know, this defense has been playing. They they just hustle. They hustle around. Fred Warner, he's hustling around. Uh, Hufanga, he's hustling around. Jimmy Ward. And they're looking to make plays. And, you know, this was a team that, that gives up the ball a lot. And I, I think that was – I'm sure that was a focus during practice. If you hustle around and be around the football – you're going to get a pick or you can get a fumble. You're going to get something because the Saints turn over the football. 
Uh, and that and that worked out great. And, and I don't know if we re- if you guys remember, but early in that series, um, uh, Nick Bosa gets that penalty and it gives him another four downs. And I thought at that point, I was like, oh, this game is going to change, you know, right away. And, uh, you know, and 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 the defense, you know, they stand up and, and they get another turnover. So, you know, hustle is everything, you know, for a big man to, rust, to hustle down the field. It's hard to slow down. So anybody in front of you, you know, you're going to bowl over and he's a big dude. And it, it was good hustle in his play. So, again, that's just the way the defense plays. Yeah, I took a screenshot of the TV copy at the time of the fumble, and there were eight 49ers within striking distance of of recovering that fumble. So you talk a lot about fumble luck, but you make your luck in those situations, right? If you have a defense that's playing with its hair on fire, that's hustling to the football, you're going to maximize your chances in, in those moments of chaos. And the Saints had only two or three guys in position. And obviously, Juwan Johnson, the tight end, was really close. But hey, because Hassan Ridgeway hustled, because he was there to knock the ball away, it turned it back into a free-for-all. Free for and the 49ers had the numbers advantage in that free-for-all. And, uh, you know, I thought it was just a great embodiment of uh, the 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 collective effort that this 49ers defense has showcased over the past four games. There was so much to that play. Dre Greenlaw was just on Alvin Kamara's back for a couple yards. And he was like, man, Kamara's fighting hard to get into the end zone. Greenlaw said, I thought I was going to have to suplex him. And just as he was thinking about suplexing him, Talano Hufanga came in from nowhere and dislodged that football. And then Jimmy Ward tapped it up in there. Ridgeway hit Juwan Johnson and then Greenlaw ended up falling on it. So, Really, really cool sequence of events, and you know that was the first stop, and then the second stop in the fourth quarter was uh, the Nick Bosa sack, and and you you look at just total perseverance, Matt. When you look at both of those Saints drives, those were that was over nine minutes of combined possession for the Saints that was only broken up by three a three and out from the 49ers offense. So New Orleans had the ball for seemingly forever down the stretch in that fourth quarter and both times they got really near the goal line both times the 49ers stopped them and uh, you know for that to happen coming off of Mexico City coming off the altitude in the short week uh, sometimes you talk about the soul of a defense the character of a team and you know how some of those intangibles can can take you a long way when the calendar turns to December and then when the calendar turns even further into January well we're looking up right now next game's in December and I think the 49ers are showing that kind of character that, that you need on the defensive side of the ball yeah don't bet against Gre- uh, Dre Greenlaw at the one yard line <laughs> this guy's <laughs> best plays of his career have all come at the one he actually had a hit I forget which quarter it was, maybe the second quarter, um, on, on the Saints uh, on the other one-yard line. I thought it might have been uh, turned into a safety. The, the Saints uh, wriggled out of it and, and ended up getting uh, away from their own end zone. But um, Greenlaw had a great game, and I think uh, the guy who really epitomizes what you're talking about, David, is the other starting linebacker, uh, Fred Warner. I mean, he's their energy guy. Uh, in practices, uh, in the locker room, before games, at halftime, etc., on the sideline. He's the guy who's constantly trying to make sure that this team is, uh, is up at full energy. And, and you see him doing that for the offense, too. I mean, the, the, the big story uh, you know, of the summer was, was him really trying to get under uh, Brandon Ayuk's skin and really raise his game. Something that he he did the previous year with uh, with Trey Lance when Lance was running the scout team. 
my point being that Warner does a lot of things behind the scenes that I don't think uh, everybody fully appreciates. Um, but uh, it's uh, I think that it, it, it really manifested itself in this game. And then, of course, Warner also played really well, too. He's the, he's the one that uh, had that, that initial uh, forced fumble on Alvin Kamara. And uh, that stopped a, a big uh, Saints drive early in the game. So, um, I mean, uh, Bosha, Greenlaw, Warner, Hufanga, the, the list goes on and on. There were a lot of defensive heroes, Dennis, in this contest. You can't say anything negative about this about this defense. I mean, they've they've played lights out for four weeks, uh, you know, and, and they made this team uh, tonight, the Saints, they made them one dimensional. And, uh, and and Andy Dalton, it was on it was on Andy Dalton. And, you know, he's he's a vet. I mean, he's been in the league for a while. But, you know, you get after him with the pass rush and you have sticky coverages. Uh, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna come out successful. And you know, Fred Warner, I, I watch him run around, and, and he's he's become a real leader on the field. And it sounds like off the field too. And he's gonna challenge guys, uh, and he's gonna back it up with his play. And uh, he started off the year; it was kind of slow, but he's he's in stride now. I mean, he's all over the football field, and and he leads by example. Uh, and he's always around the ball, and he's always making plays. So, I mean, he's 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 become a fantastic leader. Uh, he's still young in his NFL career, but, uh, you know, if he keeps it up like this, he's going to have a great career. Well, let's look at some of the 49ers numbers in this game. we got to talk about Jawan Jennings, six catches, 49 yards. Uh, it feels like every single one of those catches was either for a first down on third down or for a touchdown. He caught one off a tip there at the end of the first half, which was huge to really nullify the the questionable call, holding call on the uh, would-be touchdown for Elijah Mitchell. But, boy, Jawan Jennings, in, in a game, you know, like today, kind of a grown man win where you have to be gritty on offense. You have to make – you're not having a great day. The, the, the pass protection is struggling, but you have to just step up there and make some plays. Jawan Jennings was glue for the 49ers. He wasn't the leading receiver. That was Brandon Ayuk, five for 65 yards. But, but Jennings had the most catches, six for those 49 and uh, he got under the skin of the New Orleans Saints, Matt. They, they called a personal foul for a shove out of bounds, and, and the 49ers were convinced that happened, that personal foul happened, because the Saints lost their temper trying to deal with Jawan Jennings, who uh, blocks pretty ferociously. And if you talk to Shanahan and, and a lot of the 49ers, they'll say he, he's the best separator. Better than even Brandon Ayuk. Like, uh, just when it comes to pure separation, they say Jawan Jennings has got just amazing body control skills. And Jimmy Garoppolo trusts him because he sees it in practice every day. And today that trust was on display. They, they made some big plays to, to keep the 49ers defense off the field and help fuel this shutout. Yeah, I mean, um, his separation was so good. He's going against Chris Harris. Uh, on that uh, on that third and one play, gains 12 yards, and then Harris hits him well out of bounds. And Harris is you know one of the best, most veteran nickel cornerbacks in the league, and, and a little guy too, little little swivel hips guy. And Jennings is a a bigger receiver, and uh, Jennings comes off the line, and Harris it's like he he's like. Uh, you know, pulled backwards by a rope. He stumbles backwards like uh, 10 feet. And, and Garoppolo sees this immediately and sees the separation and knows exactly where he's going with the ball. But it, it just kind of uh, speaks to Jennings' skills. And, uh, you know, uh, these last few weeks we've been talking about 
um, the star power on the 49ers offense. You know, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell's coming back, and they already have Debo and George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk is having uh, the best season of his career. You know, and Juwan Jennings kind of fell to the side. He sort of was in the shadow uh, the last few weeks. And uh, like, like we keep saying, today was a, a gritty physical effort. Uh, and that's a uh, Juwan Jennings type of game. So I thought it was very fitting that uh, of all the, uh, the the star offensive players, of all the guys who look so uh, perfect in this offense uh, in Mexico City, when it got a little bit disjointed and ugly and blue collar, it was Juwan Jennings who sort of rose to the occasion. So uh, a great game for him. He was probably the... Uh, the biggest and, and only uh, offensive hero of this game, uh, but he was all they needed. Um, and uh, it's just nice that for the 49ers to have that, that, the guy that you don't always think of when you come to when it comes to offensive stars, kind of uh, remind everybody, hey, I'm still on this team and I'm pretty damn good at what I do. Yeah, him and Brandon Ayuk. I think these are, are, are two guys that we kind of forget about sometimes. I mean, they both had fantastic games. Jawan's he's just, he's key at third down, making those tough catches. And you said it, he's he's a gritty player. And, you know, these receivers that talk a lot ahead on the on the football field and they they get under the skin of these DBs and make them make mistakes in, 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 in their coverages or in their technique. And, you know, he's a long guy. He goes up and catches the ball. And that touchdown was amazing. I mean, it, it was a great defensive play by the Saints. And then him just to have the concentration, just his eye on the ball to come down with that in the end zone on his back, inbounds and get that the only touchdown of the night. But uh, him and Brandon Ayuk, I, I always enjoy watching them play because those are guys that got sure hands. They'll catch the ball. They'll make those tough catches and they'll get that positive, uh, that those yak yards after the catch. But Juwan is, is, is a gritty receiver. I mean, he's someone that I think he's going to get a little more attention from from uh, opposing defenses. Uh, and then it's just another weapon for Jimmy Garoppolo. If you can see the entire football field, Jawan Jennings, especially on third down. I mean, he's a guy that that's always going to make that that tough third down catch. So it's always fun to watch him and Brandon Ayuk play. On a team that has so many weapons, uh, I think Matt made the point, it, you still got to have that, you know, that glue piece, that, that that grit, and I think Jawan Jennings is really turning into that. And I think the 49ers, when we we saw it against Arizona, they they had a symbiotic offensive performance where everybody, you know, all the stars enjoyed equal distribution of the football. But not every game is going to go as well as that. You know, you're not going to get the type of pass protection that the 49ers got against Arizona in every single game. It's 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 a ta- it's a week to week tale in the NFL. It always is. And you're going to need guys that can bail you out of tough situations like the 49ers face today. And they certainly saw it from Jawan Jennings. Anyway, here, moving forward for the 49ers, we talked about Miami, Tampa Bay after that, then Seattle. But 7-4, and four, Matt, this is now a chance for the 49ers to put the hammer down and clinch the NFC West. Not with one game, obviously, but but the clear path toward the playoffs is is now there. We see it, right? Seven and four, one game lead, a chance to, you know, really bury Seattle in a few weeks up there on a Thursday night. But before that, the 49ers have to take care of business against a pair of dangerous opponents, especially the Miami Dolphins next week. But, uh, you know, I just find it 
fascinating that again we find the 49ers at this december crossroads with a chance to really prove themselves last year they definitely did it right last year they went on this run late in the season to push their way into the playoffs this year uh they're not fighting from behind they're in the division lead so they're in more of a driver's seat this year but it seems to me they still have a ton to prove entering december uh because they didn't get off to the best start it was still a slower start this year but now this team seems to be uh, showing a whole lot of potential as it enters this uh, penultimate month. Yeah, and I think they've got uh, a golden opportunity, and I think they see it, uh, to not just make the playoffs, but to um, you know maybe even have uh, a week off or at least have home games in the playoff. Remember, last year's theme was that you know no, no team played as many road games as the 49ers ever. They had the, the extra game was in Cincinnati, and then they had three straight games on the road, and uh, they they know uh, that that's grueling, and, and uh, the chances of winning the Super Bowl like that are lower. Uh, so uh, this is where the, the Fred Warners, the, the Nick Bosa's, uh, the Trent Williams, the, the leaders of this team, um, I'm sure, realize this and, and in their own way are kind of, uh, you know, letting everybody know the opportunity that's in front of them. A lot of home games, uh, a chance to really seize the division and perhaps a little bit more. And if that happens, then um, I know that the Eagles have a fantastic record. Um, and, it, and it may come down to the Eagles and, and the next best team in the NFC. But boy, right now, that next best team really looks like the 49ers. And um, like I said, uh, they've got an opportunity to really seize control of not just uh, – uh, of the division, but uh, really uh, a nice chunk of the conference. Yeah, and you you got you got two more home games. Uh, you, you're staying on the West Coast. I mean, that's that, that that's that that's the real good positive in this whole thing, and and, and it's set up real nice. I mean, you go to Vegas, uh, you got two home games, and then you go up to Seattle, and it's tough to play in Seattle, and then you got a Cardinals game too. So you know, Seattle helps you today by letting the Raiders. Uh, beat them in overtime. Uh, the Buccaneers lose. They're going to come in here, maybe, you know, a little chip on their shoulder. Um, but uh, it, it's set up real nice, right? I mean, you got your injuries now. You got to work through those injuries and, and kind of see what you're going to be working with, in, especially in your running back room. But it's set up real nice. I mean, you've, you've got a, you got a good schedule ahead of you. You got some teams. Next week is going to be the big test for this defense. Uh, but you've got you've got some you got some good games in front of you. I mean, if you just focus on game each game, not look not look forward, you know, too far forward uh, as far as the division goes or your conference goes uh, and your record, and you just just concentrate on the job that you have at hand, and that's that's playing on the West Coast for the rest of these games, and you kind of stockpile some wins, and, and and then you you take your division, and then you go into the playoffs, but. You got to do it game by game, but it sets up real nice for the 49ers right now. And, you know, we got kind of spoiled the last couple of weeks, no injuries. And then, you know, this game is going to be we'll, we'll see tomorrow, but we'll see how Jimmy Garoppolo feels, how Debo feels, how Christian McCaffrey feels. So, you know, you, we, we'll see how it goes, but it's set up real nice. I mean, you, you got to look and when you sit down and look at it. You, you if you can focus on winning these football games ahead of you, you got a great chance, uh, you know, just the momentum. And if the defense can keep up their momentum just going into the postseason, uh, it's set up real nice. 
Well, the NFC playoff picture as it stands right now, number one, Philadelphia, the East Division leader, 10-1. and one. They're going to be hard to catch because they won again on Sunday Night Football. Number two, Minnesota, they're the North Division leader, 9-2. and two. 49ers are that three seed right now. They're, they lead the West at 7-4. Tampa Bay leads the South at 5-6. and six. And then you have the the wild cards all from the east right now if the season were then today. Dallas at eight and three, New York Giants at seven and four, Washington at seven and five. But to me, Minnesota, they've shown a lot of vulnerability this year. I mean, they lost to Dallas forty to three just a few days ago. And they're two games up against the 49ers. So as Matt said, there's still a ton left to play for. I mean, theoretically, Philadelphia could still collapse, but I don't think you could count on that. But uh, the 49ers are only two games behind the the Minnesota Vikings, who probably, based on what we've seen from them this year, are still going to lose at least a couple more times. So uh, if you're Kyle Shanahan's team, you just have to keep the pedal to the metal. And the more wins you accrue, the better chance you have of paving yourself an easier path than the extremely difficult one that you had to take last year. And to me, you know, last year, uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I don't think the Rams beat the 49ers last year. I think the 49ers playing 20 games and 12 road games eventually caught up to them and beat them. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that they've beaten the Rams in all the other meetings that they faced them. The one time that the Rams got them was when the 49ers were at their absolutely most exhausted point right in that conference championship game but uh, i mean if it was as simple as mono a mono oh the rams better than the 49ers well i think that that the rams would win at least one of these other eight games that the 49ers have have beaten them in right here over the past several seasons so uh, i think last year matt was just a cautionary tale of don't slip too much in the start of the year because that's going to come and bite you at the end. It's really hard to climb up out of that hole. And the 49ers right now, they have a chance to, 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 to set the groundwork to not be not have their heart ripped out in January, right? That That's what December is about. Set the groundwork so you don't get your heart ripped out in January. Right, and they've got a, a really nice test right off the bat here, uh, the first game in January with, with the Dolphins. So uh, the storylines are all converging. Uh, the drama is high, Dennis, and uh, it's going to be a really exciting December for this team. And, and as you noted, with a lot of games at home and all of the games in the uh, Pacific time zone. Yeah, and then you, you you have to go up to Seattle and whenever that is, mid-December, where it's going to be cold and raining, Pete Carroll chomping on the gum uh, right. <laughs> and uh, – that 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 stadium rocking so it's it's like it's like the old days and and it's great so like i said they just just focus on what you got in front of you and right now it's going to be miami dolphins and you have to you know figure out with that with all those former 49ers coming back to levi stadium and and you're going to play a scheme you're familiar with but you're going to be playing against a lot of guys you know i don't know if raheem's going to be there but you know jeff wilson's playing great like i said you got a quarterback that's on fire and you got a, a head coach that maybe has a little something to prove a little bit uh, to Kyle Shanahan. So an organization. So it's going to be this is going to be the test. I mean, we, we talk about that Kansas City game. These are the these are the, the the guys that you really have to play well against these elite offenses. Now, if, there's, if the defense can can play up to their potential against, you know, this elite offense next week. Uh, then we can, then we got something going. So you know, just just focus on a good week of practice. Uh, you know, get get some of these. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to wake up tomorrow. He's going to be sore as heck. So he may may have to take a couple of days off. 
Same thing with Debo. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, it's lined up real nice. And if the 49ers can take care of business, you know, don't make any plans first of the year. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fun here. 49ers Miami next week. We got plenty to talk about. Mike McDaniel coming back. A lot of ex-49ers coming back. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it during the week. Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert had some interesting comments uh, just this past week. Uh, you know, they, they might be construed as fighting words in the 49ers locker room. So we'll talk about that the next time that this Here's the Catch podcast comes to you with a new episode, which obviously will be midweek ahead of 49ers Dolphins. Anyway, 49ers beat the Saints 13-0. Thanks to everybody for listening. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you all next time.